Yeah, no pressure. People are just already gonna, starting. Or what? I started. Oh wow! But we'll see if we add it in. Okay, I'm excited. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried. Yeah. So, um, welcome. Hi. <laughs> welcome to our podcast. Um, this is Design with Coffee. Name is still debatable still at this work. point. Yeah. This is the first first episode, so we can still. The name is still a little flexible, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, so as uh, you can probably hear by the name, this uh, is a podcast where, or a show, I should say, where we talk about uh, industrial well, design. We're industrial designers, so we'll talk about industrial design a lot, but we can also include uh, design in general. And while we talk, we... Uh, we drink some coffee and uh, we'll try keeping it creative with the coffee. But uh, as I probably know us, we're probably always going to drink a very similar coffee. Also sort of the limitations of what we have here in our apartment. Also, Old school French press. Yes, French press. Also, I wanted to mention um, if the audio, if there's some sort of weird noise or something, it's probably because we're recording this in our apartment that our temporary apartment here in Cincinnati. And since we're only living here, it's not a big deal, like for a short time. So it's not a big deal. Uh, but the floors in this apartment are the creakiest I've, I've ever had. It's not only the floor, it's the chairs, it's the walls, <laughs> Yeah, it's everything. <laughs> You move the house knowing it. It gets worse at night. During the day, it's okay. But it gets worse at night. Yeah, because your uh, ears are more open and they like, you listen much more carefully. Because, the, for example, if you're sleeping, you're, the noise is much uh, more quiet. So mm -hmm. your ears are really uh, sensitive to louder noises. Yeah. Because during the day, you have all the time the people... Getting in your ears. Okay. I'll have to be, uh, bleep that one. Ah, no sh**. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I don't care. But <laughs> um, I'm probably going to bleep stuff in the beginning. Just, I don't know if I'll commit to it, but I don't want to get like blacklisted okay. on Spotify or something. Okay. When people say nice stuff. Yeah. Also, when we accidentally mention names that we shouldn't i'll bleep it out but i can say okay but i could we could uh figure out some fake names like for people you know <laughs> but maybe then there's like a george who's like man who they mean me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so let, let's get started um what are, what are we we're drinking um we're making french press coffee out of a starbucks pike place roast and it really hurts for me to say that we're drinking starbucks because i actually swore that i would never drink starbucks again when i quit my first job there really i just had you remember when we went last week to the no was this week this week on monday i had my first starbucks coffee oh congratulations my, my whole life yes it's um and it was an experience it's definitely not made with love but no, but it tasted good. And I had a um, gift card, so it was even more delicious. Yeah. 
we're just waiting for the for the for the French press to uh, for the blend to you know do his job. To, huh? Do his job. Yeah, you know you have to wait for like ten to fifteen minutes. Uh, I do have a timer on my phone, and um, yeah, let's introduce ourselves. Leon, do you want to go ahead? Yes. So so, my name is Leon. I'm 24 years old. I'm Germany, Germany Wuppertal. Normally Cologne, but I study in Wuppertal. Uh, industrial design, so now I'm a brutal person, but yeah, my heart is from Cologne, and yeah, I'm Leon. Okay, and we're just just for some context, we're in Cincinnati right now for our exchange program. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and introduce myself. Uh, my name is Jonathan. Uh, in Germany, we say Jonathan, but here it's Jonathan, and. Um, Yeah, I'm 24 years old. I'm from Düsseldorf, Germany, but I grew up in the in the US for a while. And uh I study industrial design in Wuppertal, in the University of Wuppertal, and I'm now likely on in my exchange semester here um at, in the DAP program in the University of Cincinnati. Um and Why why did we start a podcast? Um, you know, I just thought, why does anyone start a podcast? You just have an idea and you say, okay, I want to talk about it in front of a microphone. Um, but I guess, I don't know. I guess I wanted to do something like have a project here. And uh, I decided, you know, some some friends, some colleagues in also in Wuppertal, they have their podcast and, I thought, you know what, I'll do, I'll do my podcast the way I'll, I would do it. And I just sat down next to you and I'm like, want to do a podcast? Yeah, I just said yes. Yeah. I think the nice thing about making a podcast is you can just talk off. Like, you know, sometimes you have the urgent need to say something or you have so much in your mind going on and just want to let it out. That's for me always yeah. example. And I'm not so a talky guy, but I think it's a really nice... Um, opportunity for me to uh, get get my information out there like my my thoughts my my th uh, yeah my opinions you know because normally I have them for myself yeah and I think it would be interesting yourself. to share them yeah and yeah. let people know that I also thought you know we're, we're meeting so many interesting people now in Cincinnati and I definitely do want to do interviews in this uh podcast and I already have a couple of names in mind who who I'd like to interview, and uh, I just thought, you know, we're meeting all these interesting people, and you know, they should, we should. This discussion, the discussions we're having with these people, should be an open thing because I think interesting things are being said, interesting topics, in, uh, a lot of information is being traded, and um, you know. I, I I also feel like um, design is something worth talking about um, in front of a microphone. It's really, uh, design has a lot to do with communication and how you can deliver the idea of something. For example, customer or other people. Yeah. I think it's a big, big thing. Yeah. And also when we came here in the US, uh, storytelling was a, was a big thing that they told us about and yeah. how... It's not about, you know, in, in Germany, we were always like taught, you know, to be, oh, 
that is the timer for the coffee but let me just coffee time let me let me finish that thought real quick um in germany we were always taught to be very strategic and straightforward when when presenting stuff and then or when creating a product it's about you know it's function also obviously the the function meets aesthetics but it's it's not about more than that and here it really takes you into the context and the storytelling and how the the product is in the end being shown to people presented and uh i thought that was pretty interesting and uh another reason why podcasts should be done yeah. um let's 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 press the some asmr just yeah yeah some asmr yeah so this is this is the sound this is gonna be hard yeah this is the sound of a french press being pushed down do i have to do it quick i no slowly some coffee nerd out there is probably gonna be like well actually it's supposed to be done very slowly <laughs> now you have to, you have to give uh, the coffee time to go through the yeah yeah, that's what I always did, but then like our other room. Like my trick is to just use the the weight of the arm. Yeah, yeah I don't just, think it's gonna. I don't think the microphone is gonna yeah, pick. Just that like up. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Press that. Press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Halfway through. We're if it didn't uh, if. We didn't give ourselves away. We're a bit of a coffee enthusiast household here. Coffee's life. Life is coffee. Yeah. And people are going to tell us it's an addiction. And I refuse to I refuse to call it that. I would rather, instead of addicts, I would like to call us um, aficionado or enthusiasts. Uh, it's, it's a... That's definitely. Yeah. Nice, but not too much for me because I'm not that hard guy. So I need some milk, my coffee. Oh, I'm also, yeah, I always drink coffee. In Germany, it's, I always drink it with. Wait. That sounds familiar. In Germany, I always drink coffee with oat milk, but here I actually like the almond milk. Almond breeze, 30 calories. Wait, is it the vanilla flavor? It's unsweetened yeah. vanilla flavor. Yeah. There you go. The almond breeze with uh, sugar inside. Man, it's, it's good, but it's, it's way too many calories. Actually, what we didn't mention is that this week's episode is sponsored now. <laughs> <laughs> With Starbucks and Almond Breeze. Yeah. You know, those nice two men reach out to us. Keen and Chase. <laughs> you know, I woke up this morning and, you know, we always, the first thing we do in this house is we put, we make coffee and we're just like these half dead zombies from bed not even like talking to each other we're just making coffee we're like, uh, yeah exactly and and this morning you know i please guys audience let me know if this this happens to you as well but every time i do fresh laundry it gets dirty in the first day by some sort of bad luck like usually it's like some sort of sauce or you know you trip and you accidentally touch some mud or something toothpaste toothpaste <laughs> and today 
today it was uh, coffee. I just I, I accidentally carried the coffee a little too fast and it went over the mug and straight for the fresh jeans. You've been too excited. Yes. And tomorrow we're driving to Chicago and I'm going to be walking around Chicago with coffee stained jeans because they're basically my only pairs of pants here. You have to blend in. <laughs> um, yeah. I've never been to Chicago, but I'm excited. Yeah, definitely an adventure. Yeah. Um, it's obviously for me also the first time to go to, uh, that we go to Chicago because it's also the first time that I'm in the USA. Yeah. So this is like a whole new experience for me. So really excited. And also we take a really nice transportation vehicle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going with uh, Greyhound tomorrow. We yeah, were, Greyhound. We were planning on going uh, on renting a car, you know, on like a car sharing site like Turo. But because we're under 26 years old, they really um, you on the on the $120 for underage fee. Yeah, yeah, because we drive like reckless, reckless. Yes, that's our our thing. Yeah, and when we turn 26, we're like, yeah, now yeah, we do suddenly, everything right. Suddenly, we're different people when we're 26. We're different people, 26. Um, sort of, sort of to come back to topic. Um, so. I just decided to do a podcast. I sat down next to you. I was like, I want to do a podcast. And you were like, yeah, sure. Why not? You, you didn't even think about it for that long. You just said, yeah. And um, sort of the goal that I have here is just to have an open discussion. And obviously, like during interviews, we're going to plan it a little more. We're going to ask questions where we can have a dialogue with these. You know, these are sometimes very professional people that have a lot of experience and also a lot of knowledge to share but at the same time we want to keep it a little easy going you know keep it a regular discussion instead of you know s sitting very stiffly and asking questions and yeah. just nodding the head we're, we're going to keep it a discussion every every podcast episode is going to be us drinking coffee talking about design and uh yeah anyone that is interested in listening is well is welcome to listen you know it's we we have a stereotype, like we, we often get falsely labeled, you know, designers as being very exclusive and almost mm -hmm. elitist because, you know, people I think are scared to say that they think a design is beautiful or something because they're not professionally trained in it. Um, and then they're scared to voice their opinion in front of us because they're, they, they're scared that we're going to turn our head and say like, well, actually... It's not that beautiful because you see, according to the rules of design, no, it's it's not like that. Where, but there's also people who get annoyed when you say, "I can say why it's not a good design because of this and this." For example, you know, breaking some rules which are really important. For example, like keeping a structure and everything. And if then if you correct them, you say, um, "This isn't a good design." People get annoyed, like, "Oh." A little nerd, you just know everything better than we are. Yes, yeah. there's, yeah, there's people who are scared of telling their opinion because you know we are the professionals. We we study it, and then there's people who just, uh, yeah. But I feel like that's mostly under professionals. <laughs> but although you know, like our friends, our girlfriends, they. They probably know how to say something that really pisses us off. They they probably 
I mean, my girlfriend, she likes to bother me on purpose. And then she'll say something like, I don't know, she'll, she'll shit on somebody's design. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. And then she's like, aha, so you are elitist. And then uh, she caught me red handed. <laughs> <laughs> people are probably wondering, um, people who don't know what we're talking about at all. Uh, what even is industrial design? Um, you know, Leon, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, there's many versions of what is industrial design. I have always the version for people who have no idea at all. So I always say we develop, create, design anything what you can see. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, that's, that's what we're able to do. Mm -hmm. We uh, create stuff, which is for manufacturing. For in the big scale, yeah. Because we can also specialize on doing more uh, small amounts of objects. For example, limited series, or if you go to the car industry, there's sometimes cars which are only produced three times. But overall, most people understand when I say, "Okay, do you see this music box? I would design that." And then they're like, "Oh, wow!" Because most people think industrial design is that I that we create like those big industrial machines. Oh yeah, I've had, I've had people ask me like, yeah. wait, so do you design factories <laughs> or like machines? And I'm like, uh, no. Um, that sort of touches also on the subject, like the difference between product design and industrial design. We design products that are meant to be mass produced. Um, so that that's sort of the difference between a product designer and industrial designer. An industrial designer can be a product designer, but usually a it's harder for a product designer to be an industrial designer because you have to, you know, you have to deal with not only materiality, but stuff like, you know, different production methods, you know, um, it sort of goes, it sort of dances tango with some engineering, but not really. It's still more of, of a, mm, how do I explain? Because people like to compare it to engineering, but it's a little different because we don't do the calculations. We just make assumptions about the calculations. <laughs> I think we just we just learn a bit how uh, engineers are talking so we can communicate. The communication between us is better. So we don't say like, we want this shape, but if they see this shape and we talk about the shape, they're thinking like, oh my God, this guy knows yeah. nothing. So we have the wordings and we know the communication skills to talk with engineers so we can get our design idea better yeah. through so yeah I think engineers sort of think that we're like these artistic yeah. you know guys that come up with the weirdest stuff but and and designers sometimes tend to think that engineers are these stiff boxy people imagine like the roblox character <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what designers sometimes think of engineers, but I've met some pretty creative engineers. The thing is that when engineers try to design, it's usually very technical and it's not aesthetically driven. And, you know, we, we still factor in the human side of things and how people perceive something visually, you know, it, you know, an object like it or not always leaves some sort of impression. It can be, depending on the person, it can be positive or negative, but things like, you know, form play a huge factor, not just from a functional side, but how people perceive it. And that combined with 
color, material finish, you know, haptic feedback, stuff like that is very important for a product. In, if we were to live, I always imagine if we were to live in a world without industrial designers who are engineers just did it, it would look a lot like products would, you sent me once a video on Instagram. It had like, like products were like, you had like engines connected to, to regular handheld devices and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of, I mean, I know it's, it wouldn't be like that, but in a funny way, that's sort of how I would imagine a world where industrial design doesn't exist and it's just engineers doing it. Yeah. At the end, um, our job is also to sell emotions. So, uh, if you look at an object or a product, it triggers something inside you and for some people it's like, oh my God, I need this product and they don't even know why, but there's something inside them, which is saying, yes, I want it because maybe of the CMF, of the uh, shape, of the overall uh, feeling, which is the product uh, sending to you. And I think that's the big advantage. If you combine engineering and industrial design together, you have the functional side, which is super smart and they know those complicated stuff. And then you have the industrial designer who know the user, the clients and how to, you know, how to find, how to, uh, find the trigger points inside yeah. them. And then they're like, okay, with this design, we can, we get them, you know, that's, yeah. that's the difference. So I think both, um, both the engineer, engineering people and industrial design are really important so yeah. that the product is being successful. Yeah. And, and. That's, that's true. Engineers definitely, you, you can't have a nice product without the engineering, but I do think, um, to a way you can reduce it. If somebody were to ask what exactly is it that I do, I would say you ever walk into a store like Best Buy or like an electronics store and you saw a product and you were like, ah, oh, damn, I just want to, I just wanted, you know, mm. some, it triggers some sort of emotion. That's what we do. Yeah. Why, why do, why do we need industrial designers? Just for some context, I wrote down some questions. That's why, but, um, why do we even need industrial designers? You know, mm. good question. I think that need industrial designers because we can solve problems, which other people can't solve. For example, uh, we're not only doing designing, we do much more. We, for example, always start the brief and then the research phase. And that means that we dive into the subject, the topic, for example, about, um, the, the user of a product. So then we analyze in the users, we analyze what are the needs, what are the problems, ask them. So we actually work together with the people who actually need the things. So we can solve new problems, so we can solve problems, which other people wouldn't even see. And then we ask ourselves, is the obvious way the right way? Or do we think about a whole new way of solving the problem? So at the end we're like, we are problem solvers. And then when we have maybe a really nice idea, we make a nice package out of it put some spice on design and then people like, <laughs> they just get hooked. So yeah. it, because they understand, okay, I have this problem, this product is solving the problem and my eye got like, I got, uh, like the, uh, 
the user is attracted to the product. So yeah, I think we just at the end solve problems which other people wouldn't see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely also, um, you know, a mindset thing. Um, I feel like a lot of design school, at least in Wuppertal, they teach you the thinking. It's not necessarily like, yeah, they teach us the hard skills. Like in the first year, we did a lot of sketching and uh, some model building, CAD. Uh, we we learn stuff like design rules and design history. But we also, what we mostly focus on is the is the problem solving and the strate- the strategy, how you go about a problem and how you solve it. And I feel like people who study industrial design don't necessarily have to stay in industrial design meaning when they graduate they can do a lot of different jobs because just of the problem solving thinking and and the strategy about going about certain situations um and i sort of want to add that the reason why we're sort of you know part of the reason that we're doing the podcast and why i always talk about industrial design is also um, there's this thing that, you know, people who want to launch a product or they have an idea or they maybe even already have a business, they don't know what an industrial designer is. And then they either don't know how to make how to make a product, like make a product from a thought into a reality, or they really struggle with it or they're just not satisfied with it. And a lot of times when you tell people what industrial design is, they're suddenly, oh, I need that, you know, like why it makes sense why we should work together. And it's sort of almost we need to bring awareness for a job, even though it's been around for like the last 150 years or so. Yeah. Um, Before that, architects have been the industrial designer and then we came. Well, actually, it was just 100 years, not even like in, I would say, industrial design started with like, you could say in the 20s but those were still architects and like uh, model makers and such and uh, industrial industrial design like with the mass production started in the u.s with streamline in the 1930s so we're not even we're in a profession that's not even 100 years old but even though it's it is 100 years old people still don't really know exactly what we do because we're such a little niche we're such a niche group you know it's also because um, you really explained a lot and I agree with everything. And it's also about because most people don't even recognize design because they just see a product and they have no other thoughts about it. But it's like they just drop, or they just fall off the trees, you know, like, oh, the jukebox just went from the tree. But actually, everything you see, somebody had put his thoughts into it. Yeah designed it maybe with the uh, goal to make it really aesthetical pleasing more functional but everything there was somebody behind it creating it and then there's people who write design behind something for example mm-hmm. design chain people are like ah that's design yeah like yeah that somebody designed that but at the end everything is designed so people even don't even ask the question about where they where are the products coming from it's the same it's off topic, but it's the same with food, for example, processed food and meat. People don't even see the animal anymore. They mm-hmm. see the piece of yeah. meat and they don't even like think about, oh, that was actually a living yeah. ob- uh, object. Was that actually a living creature? <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, that's why it's so invisible. And that's why we have to show people, hey, here we are. Yeah. We're not that old, but uh, we're doing a great job to create awesome products for you. Yeah, and it's actually funny that you say that because when you, as soon as you ask people, well, how do you, like when, like you mentioned the example, you, you show us a speaker and you're like, well, how do you think that came to existence? They, people look at you puzzled for a second and then they're like, um, an engineer, no? Like, that's something, it's unfortunate, but it also triggers the f*** out of me. <laughs> like, I'm like, shut the f*** up. That is actually our job. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I, I try not to, you know, I, I still want to come across as a, I don't want to scare the people off, but it's like, it's so triggering when people think that, you know, an engineer or, yeah, just engineers, because who else could design a speaker other than either engineers or designers? And if they don't know what a designer is, then they're like, they think it's engineering. And most people think when you say designer, oh, you're doing clothes. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's yeah. nothing against uh, a designer who design clothes, but. No, and it's, it's just, just, just a little note. It's a serious uh, job as well. We met some fashion designers at DAP now, yeah. and, you know, it's, 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 you know what? We should once bring a fashion designer on the show. It would be funny, yeah. Yeah, it, I would be interested how their, uh, you know, um, creative process goes. But yeah, and and how they, um, you know, time went. Uh, like we are in two thousand twenty-two, soon two thousand twenty-three. So, uh, what technologies are they using? I saw sometimes when I was uh, passing by the the labs, I always take a look inside the rooms because I'm really curious what people are doing mm -hmm. and they have those programs where you can i think map clothes onto the figures and i'm like ah that's product that's a nice program maybe industrial designer one day can use it for yeah <laughs> designing you know industrial designer also design um textile products motorcycle yeah. clothes yeah shoes gloss so we're actually not that far away we just yeah we Honestly, we, we should also be trading information and, and, and knowledge and programs. Yeah. I mean, in one of our courses, and we'll go into this like in a future episode, but now we're looking at game engines yeah. for design. And we're not designing a game just for context. We're, But we're looking at game engine softwares just to sort of see what we can um, contribute to our design with that. Um, sort of to come back to track, Leon... Um, do you want to explain uh, how you got into industrial design? Yeah, I would love to explain that because it's, I can give you the long version, the short version. The long version is it started all when I was a young kid, but <laughs> I think I stick to the version when I was already 18 years old or let's say 16 with, um, when I started going to high school with a special, with a special uh, interest in graphic design. So I actually also did graphics design back then. And I was always drawing as a kid and I was going to art school. I was living the the whole thing. And then I decided, okay, I want to make a, a living out of it. So like, I want to actually make money with my mm -hmm. art style, with my uh, skills I had back then. And then I went to this school and uh, I had the opportunity to go to an internship at Ford because luckily I had one contact who knew the the chief and that's how I went flex 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's a flex because normally you don't get inside there. Yeah. Only if you have contacts. So I had some luck, and then I made a nice portfolio for that. So I draw a lot of cars. I loved it. They gave me feedback. They said yes, you can work here because they was really happy that there was somebody actually being interested in designing cars because normally there's the kids <laughs> from the workers who get the internship and then they're like bored. So um, a long story. But that's crazy that but, you know the kids of workers that are not even interested are getting the internships. Yeah, school internship. Yeah, but it's like. But then, but then a, a kid who's actually interested. They wouldn't even have a way inside the system unless they had a contact, which is yeah crazy. Yeah, it's it's sad, but it worked out, so yeah, I don't mind. Um, and then I, I really like I worked together with really nice people um, in the interior sector. That's where I was um, staying for one month. I uh, yeah, I worked together with the design chief of Ford. Um, and he was the person who said, Leon, you should go either to Pforzheim doing transportation design or Wuppertal to do industrial design because he also studied industrial design in Wuppertal. Mm. So then I went to check out both universities and I figured out, okay, Wuppertal is the way to go because I thought, okay, industrial design is such, it has more variety and you can just be more flexible later because Transportation design is really about aesthetic styling and mm -hmm. industrial design is about, you know, not only styling, it's also about going deep into the product, manufacturing, yeah. user, um, the, the, the whole um, idea be behind the product. So I was really interested in industrial design. So then I gave it a shot. I created a, um, created a port the portfolio, like a, like a folder of work so um, they can see I, I have the talent and I can get in, into the program. It worked out. Funny story, I was actually, when we had the, um, what was it, the final exam to get inside, <laughs> I met Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was my first contact with him. And it's it's funny because in the beginning, I think he was wearing like a, like a, um, what was it, like a, like a summer t-shirt, what's the name? Like a like a thin summer dress shirt or something like that. Yeah. Really, really uh like, like a not Wuppertal style. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he's also studying. So I was always comparing myself. <laughs> Is he really good or not? Because you feel really pressured. And at the end it was uh yeah. It was funny because we both got inside, so and I didn't know that our path would go like that, you know? Yeah. It was yeah. always like, maybe you can tell it more. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll just start with my, with my side of the story. Back when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, there is actually, you know, um, I was, I did want to do industrial design since I was um, a little kid because my dad worked with industrial designers a lot because of his job. And my mom was an architect so she always pushed me into this creative direction of coming up with stuff you know and uh you know it's a it's a weird phenomenon i think that's the word phenomenon um but as a kid i always liked collecting objects 
and it didn't make any sense. Like I would have beside, like next to my desk or next to my bed, I would have like a, a toy car, maybe like an iPod, some headphones, and maybe like an old cell phone. And these are like really random objects. It almost looked like I was a psychopath, but (laughs) it makes sense now. I just had an appreciation for how it looked. You know, I just liked pretending, interacting with them. And then I would make drawings, like little inventions of how how I would improve it. Or like in my imaginative world, how I would use it. So like I imagined what if the iPod interface was used for a cell phone. But back then, I didn't know the word interface. I didn't even know what an interface was, but I just knew, oh, this clicky wheel would be cool on a phone. So that that was like, it was always sort of present, you know, the design. And um, then uh, when I finished high school, I wanted to do design. But in a last minute scare, I sort of got... um, I convinced myself that maybe I shouldn't do design because I was scared maybe I wouldn't be creative enough. And I did first uh, a year I studied business, but then I was really unhappy with what I was doing. And I said, you know what, I'll I'll study industrial design and we can go more into depth about it next, like next episode. But um, basically I applied for design school and during the application process, you have to do like a portfolio with some projects and that's what Leon was talking about and uh they uh, the the school of Wuppertal offered like portfolio feedback sessions with professors um for the application process which I always took advantage of like I always went to that me too and yeah and I saw you every time <laughs> and I thought that mother <laughs> <laughs> like because you know as a beginner somebody who never really like i knew how to sketch from like art class and such but um as a beginner i i i I, my sketches were really bad but then leon came and i guess it was partially because you were good at sketching and also you had some experience with the ford and stuff Mm. but he whipped out these beautiful sketches and i was like you man and every time we got feedback i happened to be standing next to him so the professors, every time they saw his work first, it was like this wow moment. And then they came to me and it was such a, um, how do you say it? Like a vibe kill. Like they suddenly saw me, they're like, oh, yeah. Hey, that's okay. You know, you can work on that. And I did, and I eventually got in. But believe it or not, Leon was in the final examination to get accepted into the school with me. And he was the one that presented it right before me, like in every feedback session. And I thought like, man, can my luck get any worse? Because the, like one of the most talented guys in the class is always presenting before me. And I was like, man, f- you really. But you, now we're friends. And it's sort of funny how that, I mean, I, we didn't know each other and I didn't like hate you. I just hated always presenting after you because it was sort of a vibe kill. I definitely get it. I. I have to admit, I always was pushing the boundaries to go to those uh, application sessions, to mm-hmm. those feedback sessions. Yeah. Because I, my, also my intention was that they recognized me. Yeah. So, you know, you know I wanted to, wanted to stand out. You were a attention basically. Yeah, but in a good way, <laughs> <laughs> in a bad way. Because it's good if people remember you. Yeah. 
because in a positive way, you know, not like, okay, this looks like shit. what is he doing here? Mm -hmm. So, um, but thanks for the compliments. But yeah, I, <laughs> um, I think, but at the, at the end, it's important to know that industrial design in the beginning is not about, about being like a sketching, sketching pro. It's at the end about really good ideas and also understanding design because at the end it's designing and sketching is a way of communication. And, and I and, have to and. say it's about a product that people want yeah. or a thing that people want, because yeah. at the end of the day, you can have a really good idea and you can execute it as well as possible. But nobody if nobody wants, it. wants <laughs> yeah. it, then it's not a successful product. No, and yeah. then you fail it as an industrial a nice designer. case study. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we later found out after, like when we were studying for some semesters, we're also, we have a similar taste in like, um, stuff like, like movies. And it's funny mm. because I feel like industrial designers very often, I mean, at least in, in Wuppertal and like in our sort of, in our sort of social circle, we, we like similar things. Like the same breed. Yeah. It's almost like a breed. Um, do you, do you want to talk real quick? Um, this is sort of like the last talking point for this week's episode, but Man's what your over. inspiration, uh, where you draw your inspiration and, and what, how you would describe your, your design style. Um, my design style, I would say I didn't, I don't have yet as design style. Mm -hmm. It's more about exploring and, uh, you know, my design style is if I look one year back, it's different mm -hmm. because of maybe other people, other influence influences. Um, also, I'm also really driven when I, for example, watch, sometimes I watch a movie while I'm drawing yeah. and you know, if this movie is like a bit of cyberpunk, uh, style, you know, the design gets more towards this because yeah. I'm emotionally driven by that. So at the end, I, I'm still experimenting what my style was in the, be in the beginning. It was really rugged, <laughs> more I of a remember. rugged style. <laughs> but now I think, uh, I got a bit away from rugged style to a bit more, you know, trying to elegant style and other things. But I think in the end, it's also important that you, you know how to execute execute each style because not client always wants like the super elegant product or like super racket product. So I think versatile to be versatile is really important, mm -hmm. but yeah, I would say I'm still searching for my style. Yeah. But I have a really wide style. Like every drawing could look different. Yeah. And I think uh, you're sort of like a Swiss army knife for industrials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, could see myself I mean, like a Swiss army. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, um, like I, I'm similar to you in that sense. I do. I mean, I definitely have a style. Um, it's do it's yeah. It's um, how do I say it without naming the company that it's comparable to? But it's very reduced. Um, it it's very um, modern and sleek. And I tend to stay with the same sort of palette. Um, but I have to say, I do experiment with different forms and I try to experiment with CMF um, to get out of my comfort zone. Um, but inspirationally, also movies 
are always a uh, big inspiration, like Tron Legacy. We saw it the Damn, other night. Yeah, that's a good movie, yeah. We, were, we had to do drawings for an, um, a transportation project, and our drawings in the end looked very Tron-esque. I just added LED <laughs> lights. They had their own reason, but I just wanted <laughs> yeah. them in blue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, we have this first episode now. I think uh, I'm pretty proud that we made it through. Um, sort of to end this episode and how I sort of want to end every future episode is I want to make it a thing. Um, we're going to... The thing. Yes, a thing. Um, we're going to ask Leon this week for some recommendations. We're going to ask him for a movie recommendation, a song recommendation, and a book recommendation uh, because I feel like you know, you can draw inspiration from all of these places. I read books where I've been really inspired. I've seen movies that inspire my design style. And, you know, songs, they put you in a mood sometimes when you're working. Yeah. And uh, when we interview people, we're going to ask them for recommendations. Um, we're going to, I'm going to be a gentleman and give Leon the first, uh, the first, how do you say, I'm going to let him give the first recommendations. That's so, really kind of you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, yeah, so movie recommendation. Movie recommendation. There are so many great movies out there, but um, I would say because as we already talked about movies and emotions, I would definitely go with um, the first Alien movie. Okay. Um, you can watch the first produced movie from 1997 or the one, the director's cut from 2003. And i just give a little hint why the movie is so nice. It's because uh, back then they all had to do props and made everything uh, itself. Like there was no digital media and they didn't have CGI or CAD software. So yeah. it was all uh, handmade and those nice props and set design was a big thing there. I think it's, it's a whole new topic, but just saying the set design is amazing the story the horror awesome movie i would definitely say watch this uh for the song song recommendation um i just go with the song we heard yesterday or what two days ago interstellar Hans uh, Zimmer was it right uh, the cornfield chase yeah that one because this is like this gives you the the right vibe to to do anything like you feel so yeah. powerful emotional sad and the organ yeah is like very in your face like if you feel uh like for example if you feel motivated if you hear the song you feel like you could if you're motivated you, you feel like you could uh yeah you could do everything so definitely this song and book recommendation it's a book which i really enjoyed it was it's um metro 2033 it's from a uh, Russian author, Dmitry Glowovsky. I think it was named. Uh, if I <laughs> pronounce it wrong, sorry. But really good book. It's about apocalypse, 2013, uh, atomic war. People uh, run to the metro in Moscow and then they try to survive there. Okay. Awesome book. Really high detailed details and overall really nice story. Definitely check it out if you have if you like apocalypse books. And yep. the final question to end every episode with Leon, what's your favorite type of coffee? Favorite type of coffee? I think um, I have to go back 
to the first time I had Nespresso coffee when I was a little young kid and I was at my aunt and she had this really nice Nespresso coffee machine and I saw those shiny capsules. I was like, wow. And I was drinking this coffee. I don't know if this was Lungo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lungo. Yeah. It's like a longer espresso. Yeah. And I just remember this was a really awesome tasting coffee, probably because it was my first like high quality coffee. But it's if you can say it's just a high quality brand, but did you drink it as an espresso shot? I don't remember, but I just remember this machine and this coffee capsule. That's this was a big for thing. Coffee. I mean, I was, you know, I was a bit older. Yeah. But, but I, I didn't would... like the like when I was young, I didn't like coffee. Yeah. And then I got you got the Nespresso machine and then I got sucked into it. Yeah. No, no, I have addicted. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, definitely this Lungo from Nespresso. And, from my auntie. Um, if if there's a barista out there listening to us or some sort of coffee nerd. Um, don't hate. I mean, uh, Nespresso, we know it's like a mass produced thing and yeah. it's not, but don't hate. I mean, it's a personal taste. Um, okay. So thank you everyone for listening and, uh, we'll record a new episode next week. Yeah. I hope you liked our, uh, thoughts about industrial design and maybe you appreciate now more if you look at your uh, desk in front of you or onto your equipment that, hey, there was actually industrial design designing that thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So hope you liked it. See you guys next week. We are out.